Welcome to BitFriends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information about BitFriends Podcast, you can visit us at www.bitfriends.org. You can also call me at 1-844-374-3639, extension 4. You can also email me at lllpodcasts at gmail.com. BitFriends Podcast is sponsored by my Vitiligo team. Welcome to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Today's show, I have Ty Rainey, the comedian Ty Rainey. So what's up, Ty? Hey, what's happening there, family? How are you doing, brother? Man, I'm good, man. I'm tired like everybody else. You know, I think yeah. the whole world is tired. Yes. Let's take you know, let's take a quick power nap. Yes. You know that's right. I mean, I think we tired of being tired. That's what it is. I mean, we seriously. think about we think about getting tired, we get exhausted. You know that's right, man. Um, but you know, like everything else, life goes on, you push through, you take a nap when you can. Yeah. And then you go right back into it. Monday's here. That's it. That's I it. Only, I only count the rest of today. Today is Monday. <laughs> you know. That's it. You're absolutely right. You know, work emails coming through already. I'm like, yo, can you send them tomorrow morning? That's really Monday. This is Sunday. Yeah. I, I ain't checking emails on my day I'm, off. <laughs> I don't. I try not to check any emails on my day off, um, though they still come through. Absolutely. Um, but sometimes we're so we're so chained <laughs> to our jobs, we have we glance at them because right. sometimes you just don't want to be blindsided. Come Monday. absolutely. So even if you're not. It, you know, answering an email or, you know, replying and, and, and giving somebody any kind of answers in your mind, you're ready for Monday. So you're like, OK, I know you asked me this on Sunday, which right. I thought was rude, <laughs> but uh, we can address it now today because I get paid on the five day work. Absolutely. Okay? But you know what, man, <laughs> I'm never ready for Monday Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, because I'm chasing no. kids all day. I'm tired, man. <laughs> That's a different type of tire you do, chasing yeah. kids. You know, yeah. and, that, and I really I tip my hat to you because um to to do anything when it comes to children, um, it takes a tremendous amount of patience, understanding, and um, you know, trust. You know, these parents have to trust you with their right. children. So thank you you know, for doing such a good job. And brother, it, it, we can't reward you enough for what you're doing because it's, appreciate it's, it. it's huge. It's huge. I can tell you what we can do. And um, what we can do is take some of that NFL money from mm. those players sitting on the sidelines, just watching the game that never played. Okay. We can give a, get a cut of their salary and they can give it to us because as they're sitting there watching, we're running and playing the whole day. Like, I yeah. feel like I'm playing football. Yeah. Like the kid take off. I'm like, where are they? Okay. And in the 50 yard line, I got to catch this kid, you know, before they make that <laughs> touchdown, that touchdown for that child is out that door. Right. Right. And, and, and I'm doing my job. Can we get some of that cut? But on the real, real quick Ty, for our listeners. Yes. I have committee and Ty Rainey with me. Um, one of the things I'm doing with my vitiligo podcast and just with some of the vitiligo advocacy I'm doing is normalizing Vitiligo. Yeah. We're people first before anything else. Yes, my skin looks different. It's camouflage, it's whatever you want to call it, polka dotted, whatever you say. But with people, so what I'm doing is we're having a, a normal conversation. 
Yeah. And that's what I want people, want people to see. You know, I'll have those vitiligo discussions. I don't mind. But sometimes yeah. I don't want to talk about vitiligo. I want to talk about something else. You know, right. if I want to talk about how many stars in the sky and I'm trying to count them, let me do that. Right, right. That's where right. I'm at. Okay. So, cuz, thank you for being on the show again. Thank you for, you know, carving out some time in your day. I know it's, we have busy days. We talked hey, about that. We do. But thank you. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, officially introduce yourself. You've been on the show a couple of times already. One live event we had, then you and I talked in, um, in the middle of the pandemic towards the end. But just introduce yourself again and just tell a little bit about you and then we'll get into it. Okay. Um, I'm comedian Ty Rainey I'm from Montclair, New Jersey. I actually just recently moved to Hamilton, New Jersey. Um, I've been doing comedy for close to two decades. Um, I've probably been, you know, my, my, my most recent, probably been my biggest credit, I've been on Comedy Central on uh, Kevin Hart's Heart of the City on Comedy Central, uh, season two, episode three. And that's when they went to state to state and they were selecting the, uh, the funniest comedians in those states. And I was selected uh, one of three of the comedians that was on that show. Um, I also travel internationally. I've done my own UK tour in 2015. And I also produced a 36 jail uh, tour in Pennsylvania, um, SEI, State Correctional Institutional Tour in Pennsylvania as well. Um, I'm, I'm an active comic. Um, I do private shows. I also work out of the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey, which is another pro club out here in New Jersey. And um, if you go online, my name is spelled T-Y. Uh, last name is R-A-N-E-Y. I have a website using that name, tyrainy.com. And from there, you can see all my other social media links. And um, also, I am registered, or I don't know if I should say registered, but I am, um, if you go and search me online, I am as a, um, I guess, listed as a clean comedian. And I would say I am a comedian first. Um, if you want to put clean, yeah. But I tell people, you know, you can get a burger with or without cheese. So I do whatever is fitting for the venue. So, um, you know, and I enjoy it. And, and, you know, I've been doing it for, for uh, like I said, close to two decades. And it's, it's worked out well for me. Absolutely. And I started laughing when you said clean comedian. I'm like, no. Yeah, I... yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you have your moments. <laughs> we all do, you know. <laughs> we, we have those conversations we have with our friends. We have those conversations we have at work. We have yeah. those conversations we have at church. Yeah. In the church house and out in the parking lot. I mean, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> now, oh, real quick, Ty, for some of our listeners, and, and I'm just not trying to be funny. Can you can you explain exactly what two decades is? Some people maybe have not figured out decades. Well, actually, I haven't figured it out. I just thought it sounded good. Uh, <laughs> I just said it. So, no, I'm playing. So two decades is pre pretty much close to 20 years. So I've been doing comedy for 18 years. So I just sum right. it up and say about two decades. Um, Absolutely. If I really want to be serious, uh, if, if I want to really break it down, I've probably been doing comedy my whole damn life. Starting from the first, um, my, my first, I guess my first experience with summer school probably started or primed me for where I am today, as far as um, uh, communicating and just being funny and then being silly and paying for it through summer school and not doing the work <laughs> I was supposed to do during the school year, but right. making it up in summer school and also continuing to be a class clown in summer school, but got the work done. So you could say I've been doing it all my life, but professionally, I would say I've been doing it professionally for the past 10 to 15 years. 
right, right. Got you, got you. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll put it that way. Because you know what? When you start talking in terms of decades, you're like, what? What's a decade? We don't need to talk like that anymore. Nobody talks about decades. No. No. Somebody <laughs> will turn away from this and have Google decade. What is a decade? How much is a decade? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the reality of it. Uh, it's funny when I talk to kids sometimes, you know, and I'm like, how old are you? I'm 10. Oh, okay. You're a decade. What is that? Look it up. You got your phone in your pocket. Look it up. You look up everything else. You know, mm-hmm. it's just the reality of the world. Now, yeah. let's talk about this since we I mentioned the reality of the world. You right. know, the world is evolving, changing. It's getting better in some places and crazier in other places. Um, technology has allowed us to connect, mm-hmm. but it's also allowed us to disconnect. Um, what was comedy like for you, or what you noticed, like? at the height of the pandemic what was it like because i know it changed a lot it did um comedy stunk at the height of the pandemic i mean a lot of things were locked down mostly everything was locked down if it wasn't you had very strict um you know guidelines you had to uh, abide by i know when i was working at the uh, stress factory when things were kind of at the height of it actually nothing was going on we were doing a lot of virtual shows okay and um they were cool, but the virtual connection, you know, it's not the same as a live connection, but we made do with that. And it, and it seemed like we had um, quite a few people join who normally, you know, who who would go out to a comedy show. And then people who'd never been to a comedy show started jumping on virtuals and they seemed to enjoy it. And it also gave us comedians something to do, gave us work during that time. And most importantly, not just the work and having some income, it gave us a place to practice our craft, which is mostly important. Um, and, you know, some of the clubs that did, uh, that were able to perform or, I guess, function during the pandemic, you know, like I said, back to these strict guidelines, they couldn't have more than like 25 people under their roof or they had to have the, the, the tables kind of spaced out a certain distance, which didn't accommodate as many people as they, they once did have um, in their club. So um, even one club, the club I work out of, um, made an outdoor tent. You know, oh, wow. his club is an indoor club, but he was able to, he has enough space where he turned the outdoor um, seating area that he would use normally for, uh, I guess, an overflow before the show start. People would kind of hang out outside on the patio area. He converted that whole area at the stress factory to another venue outside under a tent. So you, now you got the open air, right. um, you're spaced out a little bit more, you're not up underneath every, every, you know, each other. You know, you feel more comfortable if you do take your masks off because you are outside, you know, there's right. fans, there's air circulating. So there were a lot of club owners that making those adjustments. Everybody wasn't as fortunate as this club was, but um, there were a lot of adjustments to be made. And, you know, even a couple of my friends that were doing, um, you know, producing shows, we did a lot of outdoor shows in parking lots. Um, kind of like drive-in movies, you know, people will sit in their car with their spouse or, you know, their girlfriend, significant other, whatever. And we would sit, um, sometimes we would perform out of a back of a pickup truck, you know, wow. if there was no stage presence, you know, sometimes there would be a stage kind of like a, um, kind of like an outdoor stage setting, but sometimes we would perform in the back of a six bed, you know, six foot bed pickup truck and get our jokes in with a mic and a generator and do it like that wow. so it was it was um i would say during that time it made us get creative it made you think a little bit more 
just so you can re um, rehearse your craft and not let it, you know, slip to the wayside. So it was an interesting time. And you can definitely see who was working throughout the pandemic and who wasn't, because there was a lot of rusty comedians out there hitting them stages, right. brother. It was a lot of like crickets in the crowd when people was going out there doing the material. And, you know, you got to knock out, knock off the rust because comedy is more of like a rhythm thing. You right. want to keep your rhythm going. And, um, you know, I tell comics this all the time. If you can't keep your rhythm going, you got to find other ways to keep that rhythm going. You know, either you got to be annoying and keep talking all the time and bother people and work on material while you work, while you're talking to people or you do your podcast like you're doing here. Right, right. But, you know, you got to find other means to keep this this muscle exercised. So it was absolutely. You know, it's interesting you said that because even with this podcast, like we I feel like we hit our stride at the height of the pandemic because yeah. we never stopped communicating with people. We actually connected with people all around the world that mm -hmm. I would never talk to outside of my normal circle. You know, people in other states, countries, you name it, you know, all types of people. Right. And um, and, and like you said, you got to build your craft now. Did the pandemic stop material for you? Because, you know, it's only only but so many jokes you can do about the pandemic because that's right. You know, people were passing away and you didn't want to be yeah. insensitive to that. And, you know, it's like, man, what, what do we talk about? You know, creativity to me is, is, you know, usually I get my creativity or I get my material from living life, right? And experience. Right. So pandemic was one of those experiences that I was able to use um, while we were in the thick of it when we we're doing online and when some clubs were opening up because it just it was our common connection that we had with everyone. Right. So everyone had like a pandemic experience. So it was right. cool for a little bit to come out with your pandemic experience. But overall, trying to um, work on material outside of the obvious of what we were dealing with, you you kind of had to be more creative, a little bit clever. You know, you can you can deal with you can talk about the situation we're in, but you you need to focus on the other things outside that situation so you're not leaning on pandemic material because right. after a while that's going to be dated. So you got to go back to um, how people communicate. Right. Because during the pandemic we can see a lot of I know a lot of couples, my friends didn't communicate well during the pandemic and they're having a hard time now, you know, so it's a lot of little things in jobs, you know, jobs didn't communicate too well as far as, um, you know, going from abbreviated schedules back to full schedules. So there was a lot of little things that were um, not normal going back to normal and need to be kind of looked at and put the magnifying glass on and see how they were so quick to adjust. Now we got to go back to this. So it was right. a lot of things that, you know, eye openers, you know, um, cause there were a lot of adjustments that we were forced to make during the pandemic. It wasn't anything like we had a choice, you know, we right, were forced right. into some of these situations where we had to work, work remote, you know, there were no other options, you know, Absolutely. it wasn't like you couldn't just stop educating children. You right. know, you couldn't have just a bunch of dummies for another two years. Like, y'all be all right. No. Right. You know, so. and, and, and you know, Ty, I'm going to jump in there real quick. We yeah. are dealing with the impact of the pandemic because now we have kids that they don't know a lot. Right. Uh, we have kids that should be on the fifth grade level, but they're third graders. And it's, it's, we didn't see it at first. 
coming back in, we'd be like, yes, we're back in school. We're going to learn. And like, oh, you don't know how to count. You don't know how to read. You know, and I'm thinking, mom and dad, what were y'all doing at home with your students while they were sitting there with you besides giving them um, the computer to go do YouTube, TikTok? Everybody did a TikTok. That's all the kids talk about. Yeah, I did TikToks. Yeah, but did TikTok help you count? You know, did it help you read? Because you can't right. read, you can't write. And I'm thinking, Lord, we we in a we're in a bad spot. And with my job, I deal with behaviors. Right, right. Yeah, all day long. Right. And I'm thinking right. this is the result of being at home with your parents, and your parents are like, uh-uh, I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to talk to you. So go in your room or that child going, okay, mom, dad, you're not going to give me what I want. So I'm going to scream. I'm going to yell. I'm going to break stuff until I get it because I'm seeing it now. And I'm like, this is the result of being at home for two years, pretty much. And there's nowhere to go, nothing to do. I We went roller skating the other night, uh, last week. Yes, I saw and that. The, yeah. Saw and, the, and the kids were like, I've never been roller skating. I'm like, for real? Oh, that's right. It was closed for two years. You know, I forgot about that. Right. And it's it was amazing. Well, it wasn't amazing. It was it was amazing. And the amount of kids that were taking spills, and I'm like, gosh, man, you need some help. Let me help you up. Right, you need right. some help. And the parents too, because they were struggling. And I'm like, gosh, I forgot the world shut down and nobody was doing anything. So kids are coming in not knowing how to skate. They don't know how to do certain things, certain activities we were used to doing. Mm. The parents, I have parents say, I haven't been skating in like three years. Of course, nobody was skating for three years. You know, right. we were sitting at home. Right. Um, so the world really changed everything. Um, some things not, but for a lot of things, it did change. Um, so let's let's move forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. How has comedy changed now? You're back. You know, everybody's back. So what's what's different now? Uh, nothing really. I mean, it seemed to it seemed to kind of get back to normal. I mean, you know, and and when I say normal, you know, you gotta you gotta say normal with a grain of salt, right? Because right. you know, it's I would say ticket sales have have you know are back to normal. Um, okay. I did two shows this weekend with Nate Jackson, um, who was a, a feature on, on Nick Cannon's Wildin' Out, who also okay. had his own club in uh, Tacoma, Washington. Very funny brother. Um, he had two show, sold out shows at the Stress Factory um, on a Thursday night, a seven and a 10 o'clock show. Wow. Sold out, packed. Wow. And, you know, all demographics, you know, yeah. all different ages, seven o'clock show, a little bit, you know, people around our age, Mark, you know. Right, right. But um, the 10 o'clock show or the 930 show, I should say, some people our age thought they can hang, but a lot of younger people too. Right. And we're packed in there. So I would say things have gotten kind of back to normal. Um, I'm, as far as material-wise, I can't say there's a whole lot of comedians doing a bunch of pandemic material. Right. We all were at one point. But I think after a while, once we, you know, came back and started, you know, dealing with life again and trying to get some normalcy, we went back to our regular satire of, you know, comedy that we that we that people come out to see right, you know? right. so it, it it seems like things are, are getting back to normal you know as, as as far as crowds coming out and comedians really hitting the mark with the material and that's good um because we need laughter i'm gonna be honest we need it um when i'm at work i laugh a lot 
I'm, I'm yeah. sometimes I'm cracking jokes. I'm being silly. You know, if you on my Facebook page, you see me with my Elmo hat, the pig hat. I don't care. I'm just going to do whatever to have fun because my yeah. days are my day technically starts at eight, although I don't start work to 815. I'm already mm-hmm. chasing kids because we have before school and the kids come in while and out. So I got to take time for myself to say, OK, let me laugh at this, because if I don't, either I'm going to be angry. Or I'm going to sit in that back room back there where nobody can see me and I'm just going to ball out, have tears and everything else. Because it's it's right. sad when I look at what's happening with our, our kids. They don't know how to have fun. Right. Like their their fun is I'm punching kids. I'm kicking other kids. I'm ripping stuff up. I'm like that's that's not fun because now you're yeah. going to get go home and we hope something happens at home that some type of discipline. But it's not fun for us. But that laughter is so important. You know, and I tell people, you got to enjoy yourself. You got to laugh at the world um, because this is a hard world. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's definitely, you got to, you got to find something to laugh at to break the tension and to break Absolutely. the monotony, you know. Um, but, you know, back to your point of, of you know, parents and their, and their kids, you know, we're, we're under so much stress just trying to make sure they're okay. And, right. you know, it's, you know, like you just said, we're exhausted, but, you know, being a parent is, is, it's, it's exhausting, you know, right. you know, whether you want it or not, it's a, it's an exhausting task, you know, sometimes. And, you know, in those times of exhaustion, you have those moments when you do kind of, kind of chuckle and want to crack up and, and almost like you're losing your mind because you can't believe the crap that's going on around. Right. And um, I think what I've done with, with, with that situation, um, exhaustion and just being a parent myself, find that fine line, um, that, that, that common thread between all parents and how we all kind of experience this exhaustion and dealing with our children or dealing right. with other children or mm-hmm. dealing with problems that other parents <laughs> stirred up in their children. It's mm-hmm. inherited trauma or just lack of parenting and, you know, how it all kind of contributes to society and all affects us in one way you know in some way or another so i i i definitely touch on things like that of that nature um to to, um to say hey you're not the only one that's been thinking this you're not the only one that's been going through this um and if you are the only one that's going through this there's other parents that's just exhausted as you are that are experiencing something that's in the same wheelhouse so you're you're not necessarily alone but I think as a as a parent and as a, someone under sleep deprivation, you do need to see other things happening, either something that you're going through or something that is giving you hope that you can get to one right. day with your child or whatever goal you're trying to achieve when it comes to communicating and getting to these these youth. Absolutely, because it, it is not easy. Um like when I throw on those different hats, I'm opening up the school store and the kids are like, why are you wearing that hat? I said, why not? I'm going to have fun. I, I don't, your day can go whatever day way it's going to go. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to wear my Elmo hat. I'm going to play some music. I'm going to bounce around for a little bit. Then I yeah. found, then I found the pig hat. I was like, Ooh, there's a pig hat back here. Hold on. So I put it on and I told the kids, I said, you know, today is National Love of Pig Day, right? So it was like, what? I said, yeah. And I'm running around with the hat on going. <laughs> and they're like, Mr. B, Same. you're nuts. I'm like, look, 
I got to have fun. I said, I'm sorry, y'all. If you knew how my day turned out, how many times I have run up and down this school chasing kids, I said, you, you got to understand, I need this pig hat today. I need right. this moment to laugh. And um, so they're starting to realize I'm going to enjoy life. Right. You know, I'll, I don't care how hard it is. I'm going to find a way to enjoy it. You know, some yep. days I get a call on my walkie, depending on which class I'm going to, I'm playing music. One day I'm playing bad boys theme, you know, bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do? And I'm like, that's how I feel right now. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm the police, you know, let's, let's go break this up. Let's see what's happening. You know, yeah. some days I'm playing a whiz, even down the road. They're like, why are you playing that? I said, look. I said, no, let your troubles be a burden, you know, be a load, whatever. You got to eat them down the road. So I'm at finding different ways to enjoy myself, but yeah. also let the kids know it's okay when you have struggles. Find a way to laugh, you know, something. Yeah. I, I'm going to find something to bring me joy. Yes. Because yes. if not, I'm going to tear up the school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? and we, don't, we don't need you. We don't need you tearing up the school. No. Put these kids in any kind of unnecessary uh, danger. <laughs> no, not not no, not the kids. It's the adults that's the problem. <laughs> and it, it always is. It always, always. is. Look, I, sometimes I just look at my colleagues and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to talk to you right now. I'm going to walk away. And I did. Put them on time. Because I'm telling you, on Thursday, yeah. last Thursday, I had colleagues calling me. Are you okay? I'm good. No, we saw that you were upset. I'm good. What's wrong? No, I'm good. I don't want to talk about it. It's done. It's in the past now. I've already said what I had to say. You heard what I said. It was right. very professional. And you saw the way I handled it. They said, yeah, right. but are you okay? Yeah. Just just know that um, when I tell you no, no means no. If I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Because I am not, well, I can't say that on the air, but um, there, there was a documentary of James Baldwin had, and I was like, "No, I'm not him." Okay, right? Yeah, put it that way, and, and I'm not yeah. going to just do everything you say, right? Right? So, right. Yeah, but it, and that's just the way life is, man. Um, so let's talk about this, and then we're going to get to something a little crazy towards the end. Of how did you reinvent yourself? Like, I, I know you've been doing this for 18 years. I know. Um, Times change, things change. So how are you reinventing yourself? How are you changing to evolve with the times? Um, I'm getting more personal. You know, as far as what I'm doing and, and what I've been doing, I think through my whole tenure of comedy, um, I've been rather selective with my material. Um, I've been mindful of um, what material I've been putting out there as far as what I've revealed as who I am. Um, and how uh, that kind of connects with people. But I think I've peeled back another layer. And I don't know if it's necessary a layer or another milestone of communication or even comfort, you know, um, getting to the level of uh, being comfortable enough to talk about something that might be vulnerable or having the, you know, being able to articulate it in a way where it's funny now, um, where people can receive it whether it's talking about something that I'm, you know, self-conscious about or something that I've noticed, um, you know, like one thing I've explored a little bit more is, is, um, you know, I've always had a great relationship with my son, but I talk about more of his uh, autism spectrum right. things right. on stage now. Um, 
which I think is um, very relevant nowadays. I mean, there's more and more kids being diagnosed with autism. And those are things that, you know, growing up, it was never, we never a thing. Autism, was, it, it was never on the table. I don't think back then we were smart enough. You know, maybe that word wasn't, it, it wasn't around yet. There was a, there was autism, but there was no word that right. said autism. It was called sit you behind. We had words, but they were not appropriate words to use, especially no. not in today's climate. But we, no. we use words. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, it was part of that sit your tail down, go on your own, or mm -hmm. what's wrong with you? Right. I mean, right. things that we've heard and, and said, and yes. now we go back and look like we were doing it all wrong. And, and this is the thing too. And you can't, and I, and, and this is where I get torn, right? You can say, yeah, we were doing it all wrong. Right. But who's to say we're doing it right, right now. Mm. Because, you know, just because we have all these tools and we have all these fancy words to go along with diagnoses that right. we now are picking up on has been around for centuries. These diagnoses just didn't start happening. Right, right. I mean, I mean, not to say in the diagnosis, but these behavior right. did not just start happening. The diagnosis started happening because of progression. Right, right. Okay? Science and, 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 just, and just our understanding of how we communicate and, and what we're putting together and compiling like a knowledge base of how to, you know, combat autism or kids that are on the spectrum. Right. So I, I, I play on that because, you know, it's, it's something that people of color don't discuss as, as often as much. Um, sometimes it goes overlooked. Um, it doesn't get acknowledged. So I like to bring awareness to that. Right. Um, I, I really, I credit, I give my wife all the credit in the world as far as um, identifying it early and, and, and making the steps to get my son in position to um, use his autism as his, as his gift. It's a, it's a gift to some respects, you know, right. some, some forms of autism is a gift, you know, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a broad spectrum. You know, I'm not, saying that everyone is is gifted and you know you know coping with it well but i know with what my son has mm -hmm. um we turned that negative into a positive and he understands himself a lot better i'm understanding what autism is and understanding him through that because the way i was hardwired is old school right, so putting right. those two together and kind of doing those comparisons and um you know, kind of shaking the finger at myself, like saying, damn, shame on you, daddy, for yelling or spanking and not understanding what my son was going through. Right. Only because of what I was taught, my inherited trauma, and I was reflecting that on him. And I didn't want to do that. So catching that and kind of compiling that and putting that in a way where it, um, an audience can digest it from not only a, a parent standpoint, but, um, you know, a black male, you know, with their with their child trying to right. raise the child and also not even black male and keeping on the like a black and white scale, but just on a scale of understanding what even autism is now, because right. there's, there's a lot of parents that are out there black or white are just being hit with this and they really don't understand. Right. So right. It, it gives them a sense of like, oh, we're not the only ones going through this, you Absolutely. know, so it. It, it it kind of um you know it it gives them a little bit of relief 
you know, so to speak, saying, hey, we're not the only ones going through this. My son does the same exact thing or my daughter does that. And hey, my daughter's doing this. And, you know, you're right. It is a gift they're doing, you know, so you want to bring people together and you want to try to, you know, share your experiences the best as possible. And hopefully it does help others. Absolutely. And, and I think that's the big part of it, that support system, because that's what I'm thinking about when you talk to other parents. It's a support yeah. system. Yeah. You know, you go to the doctor, you get a diagnosis. They can tell you do X, Y, Z. The book says do this or we recommend this. But when you talk to other parents, it becomes an understanding. My child does this. This is what I do when my child does this. What about your child? Oh, yeah, we're familiar with that. So we tried this. What about you? Oh, that worked for you. You know, and it's a learning process because I think as advanced as we are as a civilization of this yeah. whole world, there's a lot we don't understand about medical conditions. We're still right. learning. Right. Um, we can come up with some advances, some ideas, some treatments. Every right. now and then you hear somebody say, oh, we think we got a cure for this. Or we think, we think, we might, but you don't have it. I, but I think it's just it's where, as a community, we get together to support each other through whatever our challenges may be, to understand it, to figure right. out, you know, hey, if you're going through this, you got somebody you can talk to. I can relate to you, you know. Mm -hmm. And as you said, as a comedian, you, you're sharing these things about your life, your journey, through your son, through your family. Um, and it's okay to peel back those layers because, like you said, as men, I'm not just going to say black men, but as men, we don't like to peel back those layers. It's hard. You know, right. we might peel a little bit, but it'd be like, hold on, let me put that back because you don't right. need to see the rest of it. So it's like that. I'm like that. But I, I feel like through my podcast, when I talk to people, I peel back another layer. I keep telling people it's an evolution for me. I'm evolving. I'm changing the way I process. You know, I, I think differently than last year. Mm. You know, last year I took six, six months off from work. People didn't understand it. I said I needed it. It wasn't. It wasn't about I wanted it. It wasn't about all oh, this or that. It. I. I had to take that time away. Right. Just so right. I can reinvent myself. And right. um, and I hear people at work now like maybe I need to take six months off. That's up to you. That that's your journey. I said, but this is what I needed for me. You know, right. I, I can't tell you to take six months off because your job may not be there when you come back. Right. I was fortunate to be given a job back at the same school, but in a different position with more responsibility, more pay and all that stuff. But it doesn't always work that way for people. Um, but part of that is it's that process of learning. I think when it comes to various conditions, medical conditions, diagnosis, diseases, all these things, it's a learning process. We're learning about ourselves. We're learning how to deal with others. Um, and it's not always easy. Right. Sometimes you get overwhelmed, you get frustrated, and you got to think, how do I get through this? Maybe through you, it's comedy. You know, it's helping you escape from some of those things that kind of hold you down or weigh down on you sometimes. You're like, man, what's going on? But once you talk about it, come out like, oh, man, I feel a little bit better. And I've seen your skits with your son, and I'm like, okay, cool, cool. All right. I can relate to that, too. Um, yeah. just, just with my son growing up and, you know, just even with myself growing up, because sometimes I'm like, ah, there's some strange things growing up. You know, maybe I am. You know, you start to question yourself. Yes, um, yeah. Because, you know, I was that child. I stayed in the room. I read books and I played with my Star Wars toys and I found, I discovered the Phillips, Phillips head screwdriver as a child and, man, I was taking all my toys apart. I was like, ah, let me see how this thing works. Uh, take it apart. And I'm right, like, oh, right. 
Pops just paid $30 for that Millennium Falcon. And I took that thing apart and I was like, oh, well, I'm going to get in trouble now. But, it's just, you know, it, it, it. I think it's just a way we rediscover ourselves and we learn about each other. It helps us better communicate when we talk and we're able to peel back those layers and really mm-hmm. say, this is who I am. This is who my son is. This is who that child is. And, you know, if we all could do that, I think we'll be in a better place in this world. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Man, I know I'm talking a lot, but that's what I do. I talk. That's what the podcast is for. Um, if I didn't talk, it wouldn't be a podcast. It would just be. And yeah. everybody be like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> Bunch of dead air. Be the dead air podcast. Absolutely. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. That might be a, a, a good podcast coming up. The Dead Air Podcast. There'll be no sound. That's it. <laughs> Welcome to the Dead Air Podcast. Right, right. That's it. And that's that's it. Else. <laughs> because maybe that's what we need. But um, now let's talk about this. You and I, you know, for our listeners, we're family. Uh, mm. No, I'm not listeners. I'm not talking about you and I. I'm talking about Ty and I are family. We're cousins. It's my cousin. cousin. Yeah, yeah. So I just want the listeners to know we're family too, if you're listening, but like we're real family, we're blood family, like birth family. We know each other's family because we're family. Yeah, y'all get that right. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we've had some weird experiences as as kids, and you and I were talking um, not too long ago. Uh, we have these conspiracy theories that we have. Uh, real quick, talk about what you saw not too long ago in the sky and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did tell you. Uh, oh, real oh. real quick, and for my listeners, we're not crazy. Don't think no. that. Don't you call anybody to come get us. But no, we, we're going to share this. This is interesting. So a few weeks ago, I um, I went to take out the garbage, and it was a beautiful, clear. <laughs> I'm like, I'm standing up the floor, take yeah, out right? the garbage. Okay, here we go. Beautiful, clear. It was a clear <laughs> night, right? I went to take out the garbage. Night was clear. Um, I live in New Jersey, and um, you know where I live in New Jersey, that that it just. I live in central New Jersey and the sky was always clear and bright and the stars are real, you know, twinkly. I mean, it's, it's beautiful, right? I'm looking at the, the sky like I normally do. And then I notice a shimmery type, I would say like a, a tail of a kite going through the sky. And it was low enough to see where you notice it wasn't like a star, but far enough away to say that's not a plane dragging some kind of advertising sign at night, mind you. And it looked like, only way I can describe it, it looked like if it was a flock of geese Hmm. with reflectors flying through the sky. Did you stare directly at it? I did. I saw nope. And it taught me not to stare at anything because it could be Jean Jacket coming to get you. I didn't see that yet. <laughs> oh, you didn't see Oh, I gave it away. Well, you don't know what I'm talking about anyway. You're like, what? You have to watch that movie. I, I think when you watch it, you'll understand what I'm talking about with your story. But go ahead. I got okay, I got to see it. But listen, yes. I stared directly at it. I tried to record it. And it's something, it, it's something about when you see things in the sky and you try to break your phone out to record it, you all of a sudden forget how to work your darn phone. Oh. I couldn't get the camera out. I couldn't get the video working. Then I couldn't line it up with what I was looking at in the sky. All you could hear is just a bunch of bad language and me trying to record this <laughs> thing going overhead. So it ended up being a um, 
a Wi-Fi satellite um, launched by the SpaceX program, I guess. Uh, I guess it's the SpaceX program by Elon Musk. It's like a Wi-Fi mesh or web they're they're doing. Um, and it's it's flying over our heads, man. So I was, you know, that right there is a joke in itself. Like, did we agree to this? Like, is our taxpayer money going towards this? Like, who said this was cool to fly over my head? You you know what I mean? And like, I didn't get the heads up I needed because I was surely out there tripping in the dark. Right, right. At least (laughs) let us know that you're going to fly something over our heads, you know. Bruh, I was out there in the backyard yelling. Like, oh, my God. Like, I know people, I know the neighbors is like, what is going on with this brother next door? I was like, oh, my God, do you see this? Anybody? And nobody's out there. It's just me. Nobody ever sees anything you see. You, you're you the you're the crazy one because they're like, he out there yelling. What are you talking about? I'm not going out there. Like, yeah. that's what happens. Nobody sees it. Then you got to try yeah. to explain and they don't want to believe you. No. And then the video footage didn't back me up not one bit. <laughs> My wife was like, you're crazy. That looks like you just saw some a plane. I was like, no, this was not a plane. This looks like space trash twinkling through the sky with reflectors. Wow. It was it was something to see. It was really crazy. I was I thought it was my time. I thought I was going to see a UFO. <laughs> I was like, this is it. They're going to take me with them. I was like, because if, if they see me, see them, they're going to get me. They're going to get you. Yeah. <laughs> Look, and I was reading the article um just recently like today and and in california they saw the space debris that was floating through the well they didn't know it was debris they saw these lights floating in the sky and they they finally were told that it was space debris from a satellite like and that's normal like you just watched five or six things come out the sky in california california has enough going on already they don't need anything else um no but then in the article i'm reading it, it's just me and my silliness. They're like, did you call Space Force? Like, <laughs> well, do do they, well, I, I guess that's their job, but it's like, do you really call Space Force? I mean, do they have a spaceship that's going to fly out there to space to take care of the job that's out there in space? I mean, and if they're Space Force, why are they on the ground? It should be in space. It should be in space. It should be a whole space station like the Death Star out there with Space Force in it to take care of that debris. And I'm thinking, I guess if I saw a UFO, I have to call Space Force, right? Does Space Force exist? <laughs> it, it's real. It's a real thing. It, it it's it's a real How? it's a real can't even get them, you can't even get anybody on the phone to call Apple. You can't even call Apple directly. Space Force has a number. According to the article, Space Force is more accessible than Apple rep. Yes, according to the article, they actually contacted somebody from Space Force, and I'm like, that don't even that don't even sound right. But I, I don't know, I don't know. It, it's just that's the way. That call cost is that call costing you? You know that you know that call cost. That's that's all our tax money. That's why taxes keep going up. I got T-Mobile. They build me something crazy with that. You called Space Force last month. That's why $700. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Now, now I'm going to tell you, like, I live out in the country. Yeah. And there's nothing like riding through the country in a dark night. Mm. And you look at the stars and you're like, oh, that's so beautiful. Then you see a shooting star. Oh, yeah. 
no, there's no oh yeah, it's black as night out there. I'm driving fast now because I like I don't know if that's really a shooting star. Is that an alien coming to land? I don't know. They say shooting star, but is that really a shooting star? I'm just no. saying. <laughs> I, you know what? And I see them a lot more now where I'm at. Right, I've right. Seen, I've so many, and you know what is funny because if it's a shooting star, where is it shooting to? If, right. if, it, if I've seen that many shooting stars, I'm watching the news because that hits somewhere. It, it, it has to it, go it, somewhere. It, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, right. So for our listeners, that that's, this is how we talk. And we're just having a real conversation. We're talking about stuff we see in the sky, shooting stars yeah. and space debris and the fireball that we see every year and all this stuff. And speaking of that fireball, it used to happen every year here. And if there's a fireball in the sky and it disappears behind the woods, like, where did it land? It's a fireball. There's no flames. There's no fire. It just disappears. You know, all these weird conspiracy theorists, things out there. And I know somebody in the vitiligo community is like, yeah, I see some strange stuff too, but they don't want to mention it. Yeah. yeah. We all have, nobody wants to look crazy, man. <laughs> nobody wants to look or sound crazy. And I get it. <laughs> well, well, I'm gonna tell somebody. I'm gonna tell one of the kids. They're gonna say, "How'd you get your vitiligo?" I'm gonna tell them I touched the meteorite, and it changed my skin. It gave me some powers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's a story to write. Yes, run with that story. Tell you the know, kids. They're gonna be. They cannot touch the meteorites too. No, don't do that. Don't work for everybody but, like that. <laughs> it wasn't planned. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> but no, no, it it, it is interest, interesting to uh, have these weird conversations, these fun conversations, because uh, I think sometimes we don't we don't just talk enough. We talk about the politics. We know we talk about the war that's happening. We know we talk about inflation and all the other stuff. But talk about the weird stuff that just makes you laugh, make you forget about all the hard parts, because we know when you finish those conversations, you got to pay your bills. We yeah, know that. Absolutely, brother. Yeah. So yeah, man. So Ty, that's yes. how we're gonna close out our conversation with this weird conspiracy theory. But I always ask my guests to yes. leave our listeners with some words of encouragement, anything. Um, but real quick before you get there for our listeners, don't please don't call Space Force on us. We're just talking about what we've seen and all that stuff. And yes. if you've seen something too, hey, you come on the podcast and talk about it. It's okay. <laughs> you're, you're here with friends you're not right alone. absolutely you're not by yourself you're not the only no. one <laughs> no i believe you <laughs> right <laughs> Ooh, all right but well, ty you go ahead and give us some words of encouragement whatever you want to say uh, friday coming <laughs> friday <laughs> I, don't, I don't know when but uh whenever you listen to it friday soon coming no, absolutely um, <laughs> Uh, you know, if, if, if you're, if you're facing any kind of adversity, just remember it's only temporary, you know, you, you got to stay in the fire to, uh, really reap the benefits of, um, the heat, you know, and, uh, sometimes that heat, uh, shapes you into a different person of who you need to be. So sometimes we have to, uh, be real close and sometimes engulfed in the flames. So, um, don't, don't worry. That's only temporary. You know, it's 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 casting you and making you harder for something else that's bigger and something that's probably more rewarding. So, um, you know, stay in the pocket, uh, you know, stay in that fire, metaphorically speaking. And, um, you know, 
try to be positive while you're all while you're doing that and be thankful and, and humble at the same time if that's even possible but be thankful um and um you know be positive you know absolutely. i think gonna, things are going to shape out but as they should absolutely and, and i'm a living testament to that hey you know you can go through stuff but you know what at the end it's not always a pot of gold but there's definitely um a reason why you went through what you went through and it's to better you you know it's part of your evolution it's part of your change so ty rainy can yes, you sir. give us a website one more time yes um my website is www.tyrainey.com that's t-y-r-a-n-e-y.com and that and com is c-o-m just in case somebody didn't know how to spell com i mean it happens people are like how do you yeah. spell is it dot <laughs> c-o-m yeah it's right <laughs> Yes. And you don't have to put the HTTPS and all that stuff up there. Just put www. You're good. <laughs> you're going to be good. And even right. if you put my name in the Google search, you'll get to me. So you'll be good. There, there's only one Ty Rainey. T-Y. Yeah. And Rainey, R-A-N-E-Y. There's not too many Rainies out there. If it's R-A-N-E-Y, that's my family. That's how there it you is. Go. Absolutely. So for our listeners, you have been listening to Living Life and Love with your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. As I always say, make sure you love somebody, you know, your family, your friend, your neighbor, your co-worker, the person down the street that you don't ever speak to, your enemy. Love people because we need love. But most of all, turn around and love yourself. And remember for our vitiligo community, vitiligo is not contagious. Love is. Thank you for listening to Living Life and Love with your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Bit Friends Podcast can be listened to on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on Facebook. Once again, Bit Friends Podcasts are sponsored by My Vitiligo Team. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.